Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Tech Talk SMB. Today, I am joined by the queen of SQL for DB2i, a world-renowned expert on SQL, somebody who freely gives so much of her time in the IBMI forums, somebody who I've had the great pleasure of speaking with in many cities in the US and abroad. She is an expert on database modernization, education, and is an independent consultant. In addition, she's also a Red Book author and more recently, an IBM power champion. If that doesn't give it all away, I think by now you know who I'm speaking about, no other than Birgitta Hauser. Birgitta, thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure for me to speak with you. That's um, great. Thank you, Charlie. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Brigitte. Oh, it's always a pleasure to chat with you, and you know that. So, Brigitte, we, um, we, we, we talk about database modernization. This is obviously an, you know, your area of expertise. And in preparation for this little discussion we're having today, I did speak to several developers, and I what I what I found, and I'm sure you you have found similar, is that the uh, the level of expertise is really from beginner to very advanced. And what I find is that I know the beginner developers are somewhat intimidated. They don't even know where to start, and of course, they don't even know perhaps what the word modernization even means with relations to database. So. Give me a little bit of background on that first. What? How do you describe database modernization? What? Act, what actually is that? Because if I have a functioning system today with data DDS defined files, for example. What is modernization, and what is my goal to uh, my reason for doing that? So the final goal would be to redesign our database. Unfortunately, we are living today in an yeah, in a world where we have a grown application and the database is also grown over the years and you have a lot of redundancies in it just because 20 years ago you could not do things that you can do today. So, um, yeah, but on the other side, we have an application, we have hundreds of programs who access the same table. So. It is difficult to then say, okay, let's redesign the database and then let's wait five, uh, five years and then we can continue. So um, for me, the first step in modernization is to move as much business logic as possible out of the programs into the database. So the easiest way for doing so is to use SQL views. So you just write your SQL statement and um, more or less complicated. And then finally you wrap it in a view and in your program, you have only this view or you use only this view. That's the first step. And in this way, you can do so many things today with SQL. You can um, use, um, let's say a recursion. You can build subtotals and totals with SQL. You can even access files in the IFS, you can access a web service, you get data returned in a JSON XML format, you can decompose it. And all these things are not as trivial. But um, if you have someone who is able to uh, read this data, who accesses data, wrap this data into an SQL view, so you have only the view and in your program, the easiest way to use it is just 
Select field one, two, three, four from view a few where conditions and in order by in this way. You have one or two guys who are able to write this um, complex SQL statement and the average programmer, he should not care about that. He just uses the view, that's one thing. The other thing is a performance. So uh, the guy who can write this complex SQL statements can also build the right indexes for it. And another thing is, today we have comp uh, we we do not use only a single programming language. So we have, let's say, RPG programs, we have COBOL programs, we have Java programs, we have PHP, and so on. And everybody accesses the same data. So if we have all these things in our programs instead of our views, instead of a view, then we have to reinvent the wheel over and over again. And so um, this is the first step. And in this way, we can reduce our source code first to a minimum. And then we can also externalize data access. That means just wrap, update, insert, delete, in and procedure. And so we can, as I said, externalizing. And if we go this way, we are finally in a state where we are able to redesign our database. That means uh, remove redundancies, um, build new tables, join new tables, implement things like referential integrities, etc. So uh, this is all together. But the first step, in my opinion, is to concentrate that the business logic is moved off the, the programs into the database. That's a lot of information you gave me there. And I, I absolutely agree with you that the ultimate goal is to make our database data centric where we have the business logic in there. But, but that's a big first step in my view, because I have all, I, I have in all my programs, I have much of the business logic in there. So if I, if I simply move that logic to the database itself with constraints and triggers and other things that you've mentioned right there. What about my code? I can't just leave that behind. I have to update my code at the same time. Is that true? You have to you have to rework your code. That's clear. But on the other side, if we talk about modular programming, so we just write the right function, write a procedure which will do that. And then we can start to um, rebuild our programs. For example, what I always do for, for each table, for each physical file, I have um, a, a single function which will do the insert, a single one which will do the update, and a single one which will do the delete. All the um, um, problems are if I check something, how can I can I delete this record? Do we still have inventory if I want to uh, delete an uh, item, um, an item from my table and so on. So what we can do is we can start with that without touching our programs, just to say, okay, I write for this table, my um, update routine or my insert routine or my delete routine. And then I can do a lot of things already in this routines, let's say from insert. Okay, we can um, set default values. We can uh, compare something. If I have two fields, does it match, etc. Because in the first step, it might not be possible to put 
all these things directly in the tables. But if we concentrate it already in a function, so then we can go step by step. Oh, in this program, I uh, do an insert. Okay, let's replace. Oh, in this function, I have the delete. And with this delete, I have whatever 25 checks whether I can delete this record. So I now have concentrated it in a single procedure. So I can reduce step by step my source code. And then I said, this is a first step also this um, automatic on uh, this function. So what I did, um, I have just uh, skeleton programs. So in the first step, I just can take one of this skele uh, my skeleton programs and just replace the file name in it. So I have already the basic procedures generated and then I fill it with live and then I go step by step and um, move it from my programs into my uh, or call my procedures instead of the program. It's the same thing as if we are doing some uh, modernization, some modularization in our programs. We just put it out and have things uh, and then go step by step and rework our programs. This seems like a lot of a lot lot to do, and I, I I recognize that the ultimate goal is what you're describing is is the best solution. But maybe we can give um, the people who are listening to this podcast a, a very very first step. And I the first thing I generally hear and you as well is just first get rid of the DDS. I mean, that's even before mm -hmm. we do anything else. That should be even our first step. Do you Is that a valid point? Um, going from DDS to DDL is a valid point because um, there are some differences. We, we, we can use a DDS-described table in the same way as we can use a uh, physical file. But internally, they are not 100% the same. And they are not 100% the same um, for example, if you try to copy something into a DDS file, let's say just copy file with no check and you can copy everything in your physical file. No check at all. If you try the same thing, the same statement, copy file, no check in the same table, but this time SQL described. So you cannot insert any invalid um, data. This is because when we write into a DDS described file, there is no check, check internally. But if you re we read from a DDS file, then the data is checked. In SQL, it's just the inverse. So if we write into the, uh, into the table, then data is checked. If we read from the table, data is not checked. So just a small idea. How often do you read and how often do you, do you write or update? Maybe 80% read, 80% write. So even if we only convert from DDS to DDL without doing anything, our programs might be slightly faster because there is no check anymore if we read, but it's checked if we write on the other side, we then can get run into some problems. Let's say we still have old, old programs and we, we use a data structure to write the data and the data structure is not um, properly uh, initialized, initialized. So then 
you get a crash. Okay, you then can fix it relatively fast because you know here is a um, here's a problem. But I said as soon um, as soon we convert it, um, we have this advantage. But and converting itself, if we do nothing else, then convert from DDS to DDL. We can do it relatively easy because we have ACS and within ACS, we have an option which is um, generate SQL. By the way, there's also a stored procedure with, which can do that. And the generate SQL will generate the SQL code for the DDS file. And then if we do not have a key on the DDS file, that's very good. Then we just can run this create or replace table statement. And then the database or the table is converted from DDS to DDL. And what's even better, as long as we do not add a field or something like this, um, the format level is the same. So there is no need to recompile any program. But this is a very first step now. Now we have converted from DDS to DDL. And now we are able to use all the good new features that are available for SQL, such as an identity column, such as adding auditing column, etc. We can include it now in, in our table. And then, okay, then we have to recompile if we have native I.O. That's it. And same thing, we also can convert, by the way, a logical file, DDS-described logical, into an SQL index. An SQL index cannot be used in an, um, in an SQL statement itself, but it can be used in the F-specs, for example, for an, in, in an RPG program, like any keyed logical file. So converting from DDS logical file into an SQL index and your program still runs. No need to recompile anything. Okay, but if I just convert my, my files to tables, uh, and, you, and you, or you've already said it, I, that, that potentially will give me data errors because the older style of programs may, may in the past have put bad data into my tables where now it's no longer allowed. So if I'm going to do that as my very first step, and that is convert to DDL, if I do that as my first step, which I think should, is a valid first step, uh, how long do I do I let that sit before I start the next step? How long do I let that simmer and cook for a while until I'm or I have to make sure that everything every program that that is active is exercised properly. So is so is there is there any kind of formula you might have or recommendation before I go to the next step to, to let the files? No. Sit so there? what I'd suggest is just to do one table after the other, and then uh, just let it run. I said. Um, it will crash immediately if you have wrong data, or you may say, okay, yeah, I still have old tables and there might be, um, they are not properly initialized. So let's have a look on it and um, check it. So um, what I have done with customers was we have a, a test environment where we have the same programs, et cetera, and the same data and say, okay, let's convert and now let's run it. Let's test it. 
And if something goes wrong, then they know, okay, here we have to fix it, here we have to fix it. But do you do and that with the entire database or do you do it by application or by my master tables and the transaction tables? Is there any any particular particular method that you do that first? Or is it just so normally you, normally we start with a with the tables that are um yeah, the yeah, not critical. So um just to get um involved and then we we do a plan okay which table we want to convert which is important and then we do one after the other so there is no need to say okay i have um thousands of files i have to convert them all this weekend you we can do it step by step so um let's say we can say yeah, this weekend we convert uh three to five files or we convert it here in our test environment we test it if everything uh, works um good then we um convert the same tables on the productive machine and yeah then um have a look and for the next week we prepare the next um five or ten tables so um it's not a problem and um what i have done with the customers where we um converted tables so um i wrote some additional functions so that you do not have to do things like this manually and so um okay i i did a little more than only conversion i also said okay we convert the numeric date also in real dates so I added date fields, I added or uh, generated a trigger program that keeps the data consistent, et cetera. That's what, what I have done with, with my customers. We sit together, we have a look on the database, we describe what we do, and then I wrote them some individual programs which automate this. So you can still have some exceptions, but um, after this was converted, uh, I have written the source code. So um, we could convert a table in, depends on the number of records we had, um, generate all the new files and the trigger programs in um, 15 to 30 minutes. And so you can um, do it very fast and then test it. And um, if something goes wrong, you said, just reset it. What do you, what do you say to the, the developers or even the managers or the, the executives who you have a hard time convincing them of the benefit of finding a real budget for this for this process because there is there is this could be a process that does require a significant amount of time and testing and you have to find time first of all you have to find a time budget to do this in between your everyday job of course but there's also a financial budget and so how do you how do you convince or what how have you spoken to management in finding the real benefit to this the return on investment on this so they understand and want to really get behind this whole project yeah that's that's sometimes not very easy if you want to add a new interface so a, a nice interface so the management can see it but it's really um difficult to convince them one thing you can say is okay we have an old database. It is 20 years old, 25 years old. Uh, time changes. And what we have to do, we have to be able to access our data very fast. We have to, not only our data, but also foreign data. We have to bring them together. So the faster we can access the data, the faster we can um, build new reports. And uh, the, the less we have in the source code, the more we have in the table. Also, security 
Yeah, if you add things like um, constraints or referential integrities or row and column access control, these are very important things because the IBM I is no longer an island. So if someone comes in and um, he circumvents my programs, so in a in an old table, there is uh, someone who has an all object authority can do with the data whatever he wants. Everybody who can access the table or the data can do what he wants. And if someone's come in and uh, try to destroy my data, there is no rule who keeps it. So and so we um, that's one thing we we have to make sure that this is really important. Uh, because someone who um, comes in our IBM I and wants to hack something, steal some data, etc., he will not go over our programs. He will be just um, things like SQL injection, etc. So that means we have to make our database secure. And these are all things we move it again from the program into the database. This time we do not talk about um, views, which is a very helpful step. We talk about constraints, referential integrities, row and column access control. These are, these are very important to um, keep your data because your data is the most important thing you have. If you lose a program, you still have your data. If you, um, if you have a, a not a, um, a web application, you may still have your green screen. But if you lose your data, then you have a problem. You know, even as, as a developer, I can tell you that this is, I understand that there is also a rewrite of the code. Certainly we have to do that as well, but it's, it's also a, a larger change to the code because once you introduce SQL into your, into your applications, the way you process the data is so different. Whereas RPG traditionally is record level access, RLA we say, but that's not the case with SQL. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complete shift in, in our paradigm, you know, set processing things like that. And we need to be prepared to handle, the, have the programs yeah. handle that, that methodology. Yeah, you have to rewrite this. And it is one thing if you, um, um, it's a, it's just the thinking. So we have to learn rethink. So um, let's say in the in the old days, um, a lot of programs are written in this way. We have our native I/O. We read first the order header, then we chain to the address master, then we read the positions chain to the item master table, and finally we have a nice picture, a nice screen, or we um, have a nice list. But then you have to test it, and what I have learned in my experience, how do they test it? They write queries. Instead of writing the queries after we have written the program, we start differently. We write the queries first and say, okay, we need exactly this data. How do we get this data? And then we can prepare it. So we, we just have to rethink. So the easiest way is to start rethinking with our new programs and then continue. And also for performance perspective, we, we also, those guys who say, okay, I want to um, use embedded SQL instead of native IO. Okay, you can do it. But if you start translating just the native IO into embedded SQL, that's not a good idea. 
So because, uh, yeah, as, as I said, uh, the RPG programmer reads first the order header, then the chain, etc. So for SQL, you have to do four full opens and a full open is very time consuming because the ODP has to be opened and this is um, an expensive step. And if you compare, if you write a program with native IO and with embedded SQL one-to-one, so RPG will win, at least in the first or second run. Because no optimization and SQL optimization. In RPG, you just specify a logical file in the F-spec. And this logical file is taken without any questions. And if you iterate over hundreds, thousands of records, it's your problem. SQL is much more flexible and flexible in this point. It can join it together, it can optimize it, it can even use multiple indexes for a single table in a single SQL statement. It has a lot of different ways. And if you rethink and do it in this way, so SQL should be much faster than RPG native IO because with native IO, you only read two records, the current one and the next one, because you need to know if it's last record or not. In SQL, it works completely differently. It optimizes it, it designs which index, then it goes into the database, packs blocks of the data, returns them. Also, you should not use select asterisk from, because in RPG, you also always bring back the whole record. In SQL, it brings back what you um, what you want. So if you take the whole record and need only 20 um, characters, so you throw away the rest. Otherwise, you go into the database, put, the, uh, put these blocks, you get much more information in a single block. It comes back and you can then use it. But as I said, it's, um, you have to rethink. And with older programs, it might be more complex. But with all new programs, you should do it in this way. The best thing is to put just this complexity in SQL views and then say, okay, here's a view for this report. Okay, I will use it. And as you just said, you're, you're getting the benefit of the, uh, the SQL query engine the SQE, which is uh, which is terrific. So you're getting all the extra benefit that you would you're giving up by by staying in traditional native yeah. I/O. You're getting all this extra benefit that you don't even have to worry about. It happens for you. Yeah. So that that's so, the that's the benefit here. Yeah, it happens for you, and that's one thing that a lot of guys do not know. the The team in Rochester did a really good job. On DB24i, even if we are working with SQL, we do not have to care about a lot of things that others has to be done. So things like uh, a lot of guys do not even know that we have statistics, that the statistics are updated permanently, that we have index advices, we can have a look on it. We have a really good analysis tool in ACS. So we can get all the information about our SQL statements. What happens? We have, uh, we shall explain, which is a central product of this um, performance tool, which is an access plan. We see exactly what steps we do, how long it takes for a step. And then we can 
try to rewrite. I said there are only two things that we can affect with SQL if we talk about performance. One thing is we um, create the right index. But the other thing, which is even much more important, is that we write the SQL statements in the right way. So that means if I write the SQL statement in this way, I get the result. Great. If I write it in a different way, I also get the same result. But in the first case, I um, the optimizer can use an index. In the second case, not. So as long as you have only 500 records in a, in a table, so it makes not a big difference. But if you have 500 millions of records in a table, it makes a big difference on whether you read all the, ta the complete table or if you can access directly. Because SQL is a wide range and it is not as easy as it, as it seems. Um, the um, IBM always preaches you should have an DBE, database engineer. So uh, better two database engineers. So the database engineer care about the database. They care about the um, SQL views that the regular program said, okay, I need this and this data. Then the um, guy who is um, DBA said, okay, let's do it. He writes the SQL statement as it is, and he is also able, so he knows the right syntax. He is also able to create the right indexes so you can already say, okay, I know I need an index like this and this. And then we have also um, things where we can say, okay, let's run the query. Okay, I know we want to add this and that work condition. So we need another index. Yeah, and the uh, average programmer, he just say, okay, here is my view for my program. And I put it, I add my work conditions and that's it. And the average programmer, independent of which programming language he speaks, does not care about the database. Here we have these guys who are the DBEs care about the database. They prepare the right SQL statements. They will also be then um, responsible for optimization, for redesign, etc. And the programmer just takes what he what he he get and. In, in RPG, we are the own or RPG and COBOL, we are the only guys who ever cared about the database. Speak with, with um, Java guys. They just take what it is. And if you ask them, oh, that's a DBA who cares about that. And we are today in a way to do it in the same way. To have someone or two guys who are responsible for the database, who will do the things, who can do these things, and the programmer just writes his program. And as I said, uh, SQL is so powerful. We cannot only access our data in the same way as native I.O. We can also access a web service. We can, we have compared with RPG, for example, in SQL, we have around 180 built-in functions. RPG has 50% of that. Um, we have so many powerful things, such as building all kinds of uh, subtotals and totals that we can do in SQL. So, um, yeah. You know, I, I think about all the programs that I've written or have modified in my entire career, and certainly a, 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 
a large percentage of the lines of code in any one program is just for data validation. Yeah. And and that would all potentially all go away. So now I'm now I what remains is the pure business functions and application. And that's really moves us along to a, a more standard and industry accepted process. Yeah, that's the next thing. So you get uh, young guys who never have seen native I.O. But they learned all a little, at least a little SQL at school. So again, they feel more familiar, familiar if they see, oh, that's SQL. So I understand it. Now I can do it. And all the, the big logic is in the broke uh, is in the database itself in and hidden in the database in and view in uh, constraints and i have seen it it was already long ago i uh, worked for a company a warehouse management systems and it was me who wrote all these strategies to find a pallet to find a place in the uh, warehouse etc so i changed them from native io into sql First, they were all skeptic about that. And then I could reduce some of the programs um, for more than 2,000 statements. And what we did, we had the, a lot of views then, okay, and ideally it was find a place, take this view, okay, found, great, stop. If this does not work, take the next one. Okay, great take it, stop, and so on. And finally, um, yeah, the last thing, you could not find anything. But you, you had only a program with, um, let's say, a few hundred statements instead of 10,000 statements. And even better with all these views. At that time, we had a lot of query users. And if something goes wrong, they always called, why did he find not this palette and etc. So what we did, we just gave them query 400 based on the same views we used and say, okay, you can go here, that's um, this and here and here. And so we reduced also all the phone calls to a minimum because um, they could um, have a look in her query 400. Okay, this one and this one and this one are here. It is crap. Okay, yeah, it's clear. And I said, and if the user did not do it itself and called, it was uh, we called them. Okay, we used the, the views and check it. And say, ah, yeah. And so we had it in five minutes before we debugged and debugged and debugged. And finally, after two hours, we find out, oh, yeah, it's crap. And um, so this is also one thing which reduce work. Wow. Uh, so, Brigitte, let me tell you where we are. We, you know, we, we, right before we started this conversation, you and I both said how quickly time goes by. And we, it, it sure has. And I, I encourage anybody who's listening to this podcast, what I would recommend you do is listen to it and listen to it again and maybe even a third time because we have compressed hours and hours and hours of content into this short amount of time. And it's worth it's worth hearing every single thing that Brigitte has said because what she's just offered us here are some really interesting and advanced techniques and certainly a roadmap that we should all be striving towards ultimately. So 
Um, Brigitte, I've, <laughs> we could, we could, uh, I mean, you give out, you give workshops that are hours and hours and days long, you know, multiple day workshops. There's no way we could possibly fit that in, no matter how small we compress all these, these little bits of information, but this has been a great start. And I just want to thank you because this is just incredible information really is. Yeah. What, what is your, uh, what might be, if, if we're going to wrap this up now, what would be your final piece of advice to anybody who is just starting on this journey journey now? What would be your your final piece of advice just to get them started and, and to take that first step moving forward? So the good thing is you can start as at multiple points. The most important thing is you have to start somewhere. My suggestion is you can start with convert from DDS to DDL, or you can start with SQL views. You can start with externalize your data access, prepare functions, etc. These are all things where you can start. And the most important things is let's start. If you create new table, then make it correct. That means add an identity column at auditing columns, at constraints, at referential integrities, etc. With the grown application, it is more difficult. So we can only go step by step. But as I said, starting to use, to, to hide complexity into views, to start rethinking, these are points where you can start and you have to start. And of course, this is a journey definitely worthwhile taking of course because the benefit yeah. on the other side the benefit is tremendous it is Terrific. it is and it goes on with each technology refresh we get so many new things in sql and the database it's um it's really great and why to use old techniques if i why to use rpg i'm rpg programmer but why should I write something with native I.O. if it's much easier to do it with SQL? And can be maintained by a broader set of developers as well. Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. sure. And as I said, if you get young guys, I just I do not teach them anymore native I.O. We just have a look at SQL. Or I had some time ago someone who um, wrote, uh, who was a COBOL programmer, and he had to write very easy RPG programs. So what I um, uh, teach her, I said, okay, use embedded SQL. So that's the same thing in, in COBOL and RPG. So and then a few ifs and thens and uh, do loop. Okay, that was, that was everything she had to learn. And then she could write her simple programs in RPG, even so she never had seen it. Wow. Well, Brigitte, as as always, you've uh, you've always you've given you've given far more than um, far more information than I expected you could have fit into this short amount of time. But so thank you very much for that. It is always Thanks. always a pleasure to chat with you. I know we've been uh, as I said in the beginning we we've had I, I've had the good fortune to uh, to present with you in many many different places different conferences yes. and it's always been a lot of fun so I do hope we can return to those days I think I th I'm optimistic that we will be in in, in the next year so that, that's so I I hope too so um, I got also several invitations from user groups in the U.S. Um, hope we can travel again and yeah meet us in person. 
I think that's it a makes good much more fun. Of course, you it know does. we 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 met us in um, Denmark in the first conference, at least for Europeans, which was in person. It makes much more fun. Of course, it always does. It's always better in person, and that's uh, that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I love it. Nothing like being in there, so it's great. Birgitta, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for sharing. Um, thank you. Uh, uh, just a, a fraction of your vast amount of knowledge in this topic. So thank you very much. And uh, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this podcast. As I said, uh, if you want to follow Brigitte on Twitter, you can do that. Her handle is uh, Brigitte Hauser. You, you'll find her on Twitter. She's very active there, very active in the forums. And uh, as I said in the beginning, very freely giving of her time so i you can reach out to her or post questions and i'm i'm sure you'll get a response at some point brigida thank you so much always a pleasure and we will uh, end it here thank you so much it was also a pleasure for me great thanks charlie okay bye now